Welcome, welcome, welcome. The Sports Machine with Slim with a special preview episode. I could do previews by myself, I suppose. I'm Slim. The name of the show is The Sports Machine with Slim. I guess that means I could do whatever I want. You know what I want? I want to not do a preview show by myself. I want to do a preview show with the Pistol. Welcome, Pistol. Another Friday. There's no holster big enough for this pistol. But, Slim, <laughs> we must address a topic immediately. Okay. It is intervention time. Two months ago, you made a New Year's resolution to purge a poison from your life. You stood strong. You persevered, persevered through trials and tribulations. The NFL playoffs, UFC pay-per-view events, countless Celtics and Bruins games, the Super Bowl, and even a pistol guarantee. And you gave it all up for the NBA All-Star Game? Your moment of weakness came during the NBA All-Star Game? One of the most disappointing sporting <laughs> events on the planet? You might as well bet on the Hampstead men's over 40 basketball league. Oh, I would. How could you let this happen? Oh, I would. Back in the day, I used to sit up in the stands and pretend I was going to be the bookmaker with live action odds and want to take people's bets at the Hampstead <laughs> men's Masters league. Absolutely. That was a core topic of my, uh, my shtick back then when I wasn't in the... The playoff games. Yeah, I did. I succumbed to my weakness, hardcore gambling addiction, lifelong addiction, and I've made it a point not to gamble on sports in the year 2024, but I made an exception. Sometimes, Pistol, I just said, hey, listen, I'm just going to make this one bet. I want to watch the game, and and that's it. I'm not going to go out of control, but uh, it has led to other bets, as I've discussed on the the show here. I have um, you know, maybe gone down that rabbit hole a little too deep. I mean, the worst thing that could have happened is that you won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that, that did prompt more bets, and that's amazing, right? That is well. Th- this is a gambling, um, you know, piece uh, of topic here of the the show, the sports machine with Slim. We cover all types of sports and, and discussions, even some random stuff from my life and opinions on what's going on in society. But yeah, gambling is a core part of my uh, my being. I'm so competitive, like Michael Jordan. I like to consider myself uh, like that individual uh, from time to time because he's so. Competitive. Competitive. It's part of me, Pistol. You, you're a big fan of Michael Jordan, are you not? Oh, yeah, huge fan of Michael Jordan. I mean, it's hard not to be. If you grew up watching basketball in the 90s, I mean, that was the Jordan era. It was unbelievable. It was hyper-competitive, and it was just awesome basketball. And you talked about the, you know me making a wager on the NBA All-Star game, betting uh, Damian Lillard. To win the MVP, twelve to one, I did win that bet. Um, the one bet I made, yes. But uh, the big thing that weekend for me was the dunk competition, where Jalen Brown participated in it, and he he did a good job. Of course, they all can dunk; they're all crazy leapers there. But the fact that an All Star actually went into the dunk competition, like we were just talking, Michael Jordan back then, dude, when he was in the the, the dunk competitions, like he was the most insane dunker we had ever seen in addition to being the greatest player. And that's why his career really took off so much, right? Yeah, I mean, it, that was a huge part of it. The, the Dominique versus Michael Jordan uh, dunk contest was awesome. Now, compared to the dunks that guys do today, I don't know that even those dunks hold up because the dunks that Mac McClung was throwing down right. were incredible. What I mean, you that guy jumped as high as he stands. Yeah, how did he, you can describe the dunk, but how did he not get a 50 from the judges on that very first dunk that he, he took part yeah. in in round one? That, 
that was the one where he let go of the ball, right? And yeah. then he jumped over somebody's just, head first. <laughs> yeah, the guy is incredible what he does with with the ball. And I think that's the difference is like it's almost like I mean for him, that's his Super Bowl, right? Like it, that's his huge moment, right? And and so he can practice over and over and over again and he has incredible athleticism. What he comes up with has been incredible and it's just cool to see a small guy fly like that, right? And and so like we had Spud Webb back in the day. Uh, you know, Mac McClung is the guy today, right? He's going to be really hard to beat. And I thought some of the other guys did well. I, I honestly thought Jalen Brown might have been the worst dunker, but I was glad to have a name in the contest. And, you know, Jalen Brown, I, I think one of the things that really turned me off is the whole D Brown thing that he really screwed up. I mean, well, that, was, tried, that was bad. It almost like the whole time it seemed to me that he tried too hard. I talked about this on the show when I critiqued the dunk contest there the Monday after. It seemed like, you know, he and he did the glove thing where he's, he's dunking with his left hand, Jalen Brown did. It just seemed like he tried to be the centerpiece of, of a show, but he wasn't the best talent. So it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, settle down maybe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean... The dunk contest has fallen off a little bit. I still enjoy watching it, though. I think I, I just like it's really impressive what these guys do. And a lot of people will complain, like, "Oh, there's nothing new in it." Well, it, it's kind of hard to do, uh, you know, much new. <laughs> That's why the so, Mac McClung dunk was so incredible. They've been doing this stupid stuff for how many years? We're talking about Michael Jordan, which was back in the '80s, right? So 30 plus years ago, Mac McClung jumped over a man's head and. Alley ooped it to himself in air and then threw down like a pretty like I don't want to say vicious but with some level of authority it wasn't like he just you know slammed it in with one finger you know those types where they both throw it in he finished with a strong dunk and I was just like yo this is so creative out of nowhere impossible to do like you said Jordan and Dominique Wilkins would not have been able to do this it takes too much time in practice they were too busy like actually making shots in real games to be able to do something like this but I I mean, how did Jalen Brown's first-round dunk score higher than Mac McClung's? It was an insult. It was like they're trying to convince us that the quote-unquote like most star or best player in the dunk competition should actually win it when any regular fan is like, no, 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 Mac McClung's dunk was the best by far. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm jumping out of my seat when I watch those dunks. Like, I don't know how anybody sits there and goes, like, that's, that's boring. I've seen that before. Like, I haven't seen that before. That was incredible. And so when I see a guy slam it down with that kind of authority, <laughs> I just add him my seat, high-fiving anybody that's near me. Like, Which is I, nobody. I you, you have no friends, right? So you end up watching this all by yourself. <laughs> so you're just pretending high-five to people? <laughs> that's right. I'm like, I'm high-fiving my knee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That was awesome, wasn't it? So people that are listening, maybe for the first time to the Sports Machine with Slim, I did start out the show saying this was a preview episode. We're wetting our whistle here. It's going to be an NBA day. And uh, this, uh, for people that don't know, this episode is pre-taped. We taped this actually a week ago on Friday, and I am currently on a plane ride back from Florida where it's been 75 to 80 degrees and sunny. Not to make all of you feel uh, jealous because I know the week here weather-wise is supposed to be A-OK and probably was. I'm predicting the future from a week ago. Do people sound, uh, are they going to be confused by what I just said, Pistol? No, man. I, I think uh, this is a, that's a great setup. We got to get into who, you know, playoff rankings, where teams are. We're going to get into MVP talk. Like, we got a lot of things to talk NBA. I mean, we're coming down to the last 30 games of the season. 
and uh, gets real interesting in those last 10 games. So what I want to do, we got four segments to the show. we got a couple minutes left in this one. In segment two, let's break down the East and what we see happening in the future. In segment three, we'll break down the West, which is way crowded and awesome. The West matchups are going to be absolutely nuts to, to break down. And then at the end, we'll pick like hey who each of us thinks is going to be winning it all and maybe you know who'll be the final two in each conference and discuss that why don't we start out with some MVP talk because I've been on the radio here saying I think Tatum has a real chance to win it I think the NBA wants him to win it because they want him to be the face of the NBA moving forward what do you think right now yeah I mean I I heard your you know 22 to 1 now is what Tatum is Uh, uh, so he's a pretty nice guy you you always gotta like the best player on the team with the best record, right? Like, that's an advantage immediately when you talk MVP. So Tatum's that player. And uh, it, it's tough because I think, you know, Jokic has already won twice. Embiid is out of the race. Milwaukee's not doing that great. So Giannis, I think, doesn't sound so good. And so really you got the problem. Like, Luka's almost averaging a triple-double, and Westbrook has won because of that. Luka's never won before. He's certainly going to be in in the talk. And then you got SGA from the Thunder, who's had an awesome season. And that team's heading towards the top of the West right now. I mean, they just they just beat the Clippers yesterday. Yeah, right, which is a week ago now. But I'm with you on everything there, especially with SGA. He, he, Shea Gil, Gilgis-Alexander's incredible. But with Doncic, no way. I don't care what their records are, which they're, they're ranked fifth or sixth in the, in the West. This is as of a week ago, anyway. Luca plays no defense, dude. He can't win an MVP. He plays no defense. I don't care how many points he scores. He just like I feel like I could score on him. <laughs> yeah, and I think he might. <laughs> Luca's defense is quite pathetic, and but your shot is really bad too. It's gotten better since the last time you saw me. My dislocated uh, right ring finger has, I think, somehow improved my form. I've learned to keep my elbow in differently, so I think my step-back game against Luka will result in, if we go to 10 and it's not winners out, I'm going to score at least one or two against that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Against every other NBA player, none. Sorry. (laughs) The impressive thing about Luka is obviously his offensive ability. He's extremely talented and he plays very well under pressure. So the problem on that team is that they need everybody else to step up and play defense. And the two best players that they put on the court are probably their two worst defensive players on the court. Just a preview, people, of what we're going to be talking about when we look at the West in Segment 3. But next up, we're talking about the East. Don't get me started on that Kyrie Irving stuff, Pistol. NHTalkRadio.com is where you are. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. The Celtics are in the East. Let's talk about it. Boston Celtics are going to win the title this year. Wait a minute. That's not supposed to be till segment four where we give our predictions. This is the Sports Machine with Slim. Welcome back, everybody. You Can you hear the energy in my voice as I say the Boston Celtics are going to win it all this year? Oh, man. So happy to be talking NBA playoff preview stuff here with the pistol. Playoff preview with the pistol. Kind of a tongue twister. I guess not that hard. We need another P word in there somewhere. Pistol. Are you in agreement? Uh, the Boston Celtics 
Well, let's let me step back up here because I know you are a Miami Heat fan. For people that don't know, I don't know if it's just for Pistol to be like my arch nemesis, the the thorn in my side. But over the last few years, he's become quite a Miami Heat fan. And I don't know if that's just bandwagon stuff following Jimmy Butler over there or what the reason is. But he's been actively rooting against me when I've had like tens of thousands of dollars on the line through bets on the Boston Celtics to win (laughs) the title in previous years. And Miami has crushed my hopes and dreams. And it's just a horrible thing. I can laugh about it. But I am a bit worried the Celtics right now like could potentially face the Miami Heat in round one. If that happens, Pistol, what's going to happen? Yeah, and if you remember last year, Jimmy Butler came out of nowhere in round one and was a freaking machine. Uh, and <laughs> basically in the first two rounds of the playoffs, he carried the Heat uh, past all the teams they were playing. So the, the Heat in the regular season do not play the same way as they do in the postseason. And the postseason refereeing certainly favors them. I, I've become a big fan of teams that uh, are defensively focused and play really, really physical. So I think, you know, for this this year's teams, we're probably talking the Knicks and the Heat are the two teams that play that way. With Nick Nurse uh, on the 76ers, we could see them, you know, turn things around too. So those three teams, I think, are the biggest challenge for the Celtics. I don't love the Cavaliers who are sitting at number two right no now, yeah. uh, and I don't. I don't love the Bucks unless you know. I just feel like the Doc Rivers hire, like all their coaching changes, have actually hurt their team rather than helped their team. Well, there's a lot to unpack right there. Where I'm going to start is for people that don't remember last year, the Miami Heat finished the regular season in the Eastern Conference in eighth place. They were in the playoff, the play-in round. And I think in that first game against the playing round, they were like down to the Chicago Bulls in the fourth quarter. And you know, then they went on, and your Miami Heat pistol went to the finals last year. So look at what's going on this season. It's the same exact thing. Like you mentioned, the Heat don't try. When I watch them play the Celtics here in the regular season, I'm like, oh, we're definitely better than this team, but I have to be a little bit afraid. Yeah, absolutely. The Heat, the Heat are no joke. They probably have the best coach in the Eastern Conference. Yes, they do. They have, they have. They the problem with them is potentially the fact that they're an aging team, and the question is, can Jimmy Butler just keep switching the switch on, right? And he's, I mean, the Heat have been right there in the conference finals. I feel like it's like four years in a row now. So, uh, you know, Celtics have come out of that one time, but the Heat have come out of that a bunch of times, and uh, they're. They're going to be no joke. That's not the team you want to play in the first round, I think, as, as the Celtics. But if you get through them, exactly. they're a great test for the rest of the playoffs. Well, that's it in my mind. And I'm, I'm big with this from just a confidence standpoint for teams, Pistol. I think like you need to overcome your arch nemesis. Let's remember back to the Boston Red Sox when they hadn't won a title in like a million years. And in the American League championship series we were down three games to nothing to the Yankees who had beaten our heads in for how many years well we beat them and then we go on and win it all and for me it's like this Boston Celtics team because they're still a little young their core guys still are a little bit young it's almost like dude you guys want to win it all you got to go through your arch nemesis here with Miami the team that's been beaten up on you for the last few years 
Yeah, for for me, I feel like the Celtics. Their one of their problems is Missoula, and I I know that a lot of people are not on the same page as me. But I think the way that they're playing makes you a great regular season team, but I don't feel like it can make you a great postseason team. And uh, it, it, what it is is they're very like they're hyper focused on three point shooting, so you know they're they're getting up in the like you know mid forties to fifty three point shots you know per game. And that you know they're doing the defensive switching on on everything, and, and those are some of the things like I, I see as like a big problem when the postseason comes. I will so tell the you, is, no, can that Pistol, style yeah, win it? Not to interrupt you too much, I will say, and I watched the Celtics game last night where we easily beat up on the Chicago Bulls. They they're not switching quite as much, Pistol. I saw Tatum a few times fade over and then under screens and quickly get back on his man. I've noticed Jalen Brown uh, do it as well. I do think there's something mentally that's changing. We're going to have to watch that from a team perspective. This is what you want to watch in the last 25 games of the season, Celtics fans, is are your defensive players making a commitment to try to stay with and stop their man instead of the laziness of switching everything? The Pistols said it correctly last year, and I've been mad for years that you're switching everything. It preaches laziness, and you have to some at some point learn to get over picks and get back and be responsible for your man. I do think the Celtics are starting to do that, Pistol. so just keep an eye on that. The other series, as I look like, we don't know for sure the Celtics are going to play, by, play Miami, but it does seem like the top eight teams are going to kind of fall in line and you know the playing stuff should should result in these eight teams I got the Celtics playing Miami Cleveland playing Orlando I don't love Cleveland same as you that Orlando team is young and pretty fun yeah I I, I like Orlando in that series right I kind of think you like they're going to play hard they're going to play tough and you know Cleveland kind of was a dud in last year's playoffs against the Knicks they didn't really come out and play well at all so uh, I, I'm not putting anything on the Cavaliers. Give, give me the magic in that. I like uh, Jalen Suggs at the point guard. The point guards take a couple years to get used to the NBA. This is just the way that it goes. I don't think he's fully there yet. I loved him coming out of Gonzaga. He's a strong, stout dude, and I think he's finding his feet in the NBA. He could be somebody to watch the, the, the um, Franz Wagner guy. I don't think people understand how good this guy is. Have you watched him a bunch? Yeah, that guy is way better than he looks like he should be. Exactly. He he is a very very good player. I I would call him the best player in the Magic, even though definitely uh, you know they have uh, the guy from Duke who's been good the last couple well, of years. Yeah, yeah, Paolo Boncaro. He's he's but I think he almost feels like he's better than he is. Where where the Wagner guy, he just is awesome at shooting and he's so silky smooth at getting to the hoop. He's way faster than anybody would give him credit for. Yeah, what, I mean, one of the things that's fun about the Magic is when you look at the East, there's not a ton of young teams that are up and coming, right? Like, they're probably the only one. You look out Indy. west, there's a bunch of them. Indianapolis right? is yeah. the other one, and they might play the Bucks in the first round. The Pacers, I think, are young and, and hungry and good. Yeah, and, and the Pacers' biggest problem is they don't play defense very well, right? Like, they're <laughs> defensively. Like, they need Tom Thibodeau as their coach. That's what they need. Well, Rick Carlisle is a heck of a coach, Pistol, and he's taken a team that has some shooting and has athletic guys and getting them up and down the court. So I, I think he's playing the way that – I mean, listen, how can you be mad at the coach and say he's not doing a great job when they're the sixth seed? They're the Indiana Pacers. They've stunk forever. Yeah, no, he, he's, a, he's one of the best coaches in the league, I think, and he's doing a great job. I, I, I if that team could if that team can figure out how to play some defense right and get their and get their you know games 
hold their opponent to under 120, right? Like they're <laughs> they're suddenly like a really interesting team. Yeah, then you just need Miles Turner to all of a sudden like be like, hey, I'm not going to shoot threes anymore. I'm seven feet uh, nine inches tall, <laughs> 300 pounds. I'm not going to shoot threes. I'm going to actually become a physical presence inside and grab every rebound and be a total shot blocking machine on the defensive end, which he can be, but he just doesn't dedicate himself. So if Indiana matched up against the Bucks, we're both on the same side. Like I think the Bucks would take out Orlando. I think they'd take out Indy against Miami if they happen to play Miami. That would be a heck of a series. But uh, you're, you're the same mind as me. Even though Orlando and Indy are on the upswing, I don't know that they can beat the top three or four teams from the south, from the east. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't seem like it, right? They 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 look like they're a year away, maybe a couple years away. Uh, I feel like the Pacers are like they feel like they're a player away, right? If you Agreed. could get somebody in there or two players who just are mentally tough defensively, yep. can yep. get rebounds, you know, almost like a guy like the, like that guy Mitchell Robinson for the Knicks who's been hurt a lot this year, or Isaiah Stewart for the Pistons, right? Like these guys are like real physical rebounding defensive-minded guys. I think it'd be real interesting if the Pacers got a couple of those guys. Yeah, it'll make everybody else better on the defensive end. You need a dude who's going to challenge each other on the, the defensive side, because Tyrese Halliburton, when he gets hot, literally on offense, you can't stop him. Like, it doesn't matter who's guarding him. He is going to score, and, and that gives you an opportunity to win games. As we wrap up, wrap up the East, the Knicks and the 76ers, if those two teams square off, I'm going to tell you, the 76ers are my pick under the radar. I've mentioned them a few times on the, on the show. I just love Nick Nurse. I think they got a lot of great role players. Tyrese Maxey is so athletic, he can score. And when you get Embiid back, he might be the best player in basketball. Yeah, I mean, Nick Nurse is a huge X factor. I love that you brought him up. They look good. But, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is uh, a lot of championship pedigree on the Knicks. They got a whole bunch of Villanova guys who all won the championship. And it's kind of fun to see all those guys back together, too. Let's take a moment and talk about the Knicks when we come back from this commercial break. And then we'll jump right into the West just because the Knicks are fun. NHTalkRadio.com is where you are. WKXL Radio, the sports machine with Slim New Hampshire's next generation sports talk radio show. You can find us on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, New Hampshire. My preparation for this NBA Playoffs preview edition with the Pistol. Pistol, do you got another uh, entrance line that you want to serve up to us? Yeah, the one to start the show was pretty good. There's not a holster big enough to fit this pistol. <laughs> actually, I hadn't thought about it since you said it in the opening. It was real good, actually. Congratulations. Did you find that on the internet? No, man. A lot of these I come up with myself, and then I say I'm 50-50, 50% internet and 50% uh, I come up with them myself. So, Well, you're coming up with yourself, this one is in the, the leader in the clubhouse right now. Excellent, excellent job. A lot of ways you can go with that comment. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the <laughs> stories I have for the Eastern Conference, I had Indian- Indianapolis scoring. We touched on that. The Knicks ascent. And Joel Embiid. Those were the three things I wrote down to want to discuss. Now, Joel Embiid has been injured. He had some sort of knee surgery, I think, right? But he's not supposed to be out for all that long. It was a meniscus or something. No? Have you followed that injury status at all? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Originally, I thought it was like a six-week thing, but it might be going longer than that, too. I mean, the, since he's been out, they've really fallen off, right? I, I think they've only won like five or six games since he's been hurt. And, they, they you know, Philadelphia doesn't look good. They just got to try and hang in there in standings right now. But well, uh, that, that opens up the doorway for the Knicks to rise. You got it. And the Knicks now are, are moving up the, the ladder here, no doubt about it, into the four position. They play so hard for their coach, Tom Thibodeau. On a side note, I will just say, with, with Nick Nurse, I don't think the big thing is winning games right now. I really think it's about finding guys and putting them into roles that are going to be similar to what you're going to do in the playoffs. Like Tyrese Maxey, he needs to be shooting a ton. Everybody needs to defer to him. And then when you come back in the playoffs... Even if Embiid is playing, Maxi still is your number like one to two option. You know what I mean? And and so if you lose some games because you're not all of a sudden willing to work everybody else into the offense here during the regular season, or you're going to be doing things a, a different way, then maybe would be best maximizing their strength. I'm okay with that. So I don't worry about the the Seventy Sixers losing games. I think Nick Nurse knows what he's doing. Pick up on that if you want to, Pistol, or jump right into what's going on with the Knicks this year. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I really like about Nick Nurse is he usually has two or three defenses that the team ends up being really good at at the end of the year. And so it'll be interesting to see if he can do that with this 76ers team. And then I like what you said about Maxi being the focal point of the offense. You need a creator uh, that, that can create shots and get other players shots. And Maxi's going to have to be that guy. And Bede is kind of like you can always bail yourself out and you exactly. just get the ball to him. And, exactly. and Bede had a rough playoff run last year, so... Uh, you know, I, I don't know, like, I'm not 100% confident that he can do what he does in the regular season in the playoffs, right? He hasn't he hasn't had playoff series like Jokic has had. James Harden doesn't make players better, and when you have to, like, kind of defer to a Harden, it's different. You know, I want Maxie's mindset to not be deferring when we come playoff time. I want Maxie to be like, I'm the lead dog. Yeah, okay, there's Embiid. Well, should I pass him? No, don't even, like, dude, you want to shoot? You go and shoot because you can score and you can be the best player on the court, too. The Knicks have, what's his name, Brunson out there leading the charge. This dude's undersized, but what a player. Knicks fans love this guy. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Brunson won the national championship in college for Villanova, and he played with Josh Hart um, and DiVincenzo. We're both on that team. All three guys are on this team. They all play a bunch of minutes. They're all over like 30 plus minutes, I would say. And that team has a lot of like castaways, right? You got Ananobi, who got casted away from Toronto, Boyanovich, who was just with Detroit, uh, DiVincenzo, Alec Burks. Like, there's a whole bunch of like decent players. Julius Randle, who used to play for the Lakers. The, my biggest question for them is can RJ Barrett and Julius Randle? do in the playoffs what they do in the regular season. R.J. Barrett's in Toronto. They shipped him out as part of that Ananobi no, that's trade. Right, yeah. Come on, Pistol. Come on, Pistol. I know, I know <laughs> that. Uh, I know you're better than this. <laughs> no, everybody gets one mulligan. When you come in with the pistol, uh, a holster the size of the pistol, you get a free mulligan. <laughs> Let's move on to the Western Conference on this note so you can really start to show some knowledge. I'm going to tell you. As I went through my rankings, listen to this. Minnesota, OKC, Clippers, Denver. Sacramento, Phoenix, Dallas, New Orleans. Those are top eight seeds. You know who's not in there? The Lakers and Golden State are 9 and 10. So this is going to be an all-out battle, including for the play-in spots here where, uh, what is it, 7 plays 10 and 8 plays 9 to see which one of them get into the round of, uh, of 8 or whatever moving forward. 
Yeah, Warriors have been hot lately. They're starting to look better. So that team looks like the team that might yes. be moving up the standings, but a whole bunch of teams with like 22 to 23 losses, right? Like the Pelicans are in at five with 22 losses, but the Mavericks and Suns and Kings all have 23. So like this can change a lot, right, real quickly. Uh, I, I think what we're witnessing in the West is the changing of the guards. Like you got the Suns. The Lakers, the Warriors are all like the old school teams. The only old school team that's in the top four are the Clippers. And I think you're seeing like, you know, there's Durant, uh, LeBron, and Steph, like they may not mean anything in the Western Conference playoffs this year. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna tell you something. We had Patrick Mahomes under the radar winning the Super Bowl this year in the NFL when if you went back to like week 14 of the regular season, people were not thinking that. I'm going to tell you, I think Golden State's way under the radar. And as you mentioned, the standings could totally change in a week because we're taping this on Friday the 23rd, and now we're playing it on March the 1st. So the standings might be upside down. But last night, for people that don't know, Golden State beat up on the Lakers 128-110. to You know why that's important? Because Steph Curry had like 35 points, but more importantly, Klay Thompson was 1-for-9 from 3. He was Clay Thompson is coming off the bench now for Golden State. He was one for nine from three in 28 minutes. He only scored three points. When you have a guy who's a champion willing to sacrifice, come off the bench, just keep a good attitude, and you have a bad game, but you still win by 18 over a team that definitely wanted to win, that's like, dude, they're heading in the right direction, dude. Yeah, I mean, Lakers didn't have LeBron last night, so that obviously affects them, but Warriors are 8-2 and two in the last 10 games, and ever since Draymond has come back, mm-hmm. they have looked much, much better, and adjusting the lineup, I think, has looked good. Kaminga looks like he's finally reached the player they thought he could be, so, uh, you know, Golden State's getting a little bit younger, got different players on, on the court. I do think, like, their goal should be to try not try not to be in the play-in, right? Because you're in that play-in, you have the chance to play in the Kings, like in round, you know, in the in the uh, round to get in, like that that would not be a good matchup for them. That was a rough series for them last last playoff. You got to try to win all the time, P- Pistol. If you're Golden State, like you mentioned, because of the young guys that are on the team, like you want Jonathan Kaminga to to gain, continue to gain confidence, and even more importantly, not for nothing. I saw Andrew Wiggins last night was eight for fourteen for twenty points. He struggled this year. If you remember back when they beat the Celtics, Andrew Wiggins was like the best player in that series. His defense is awesome, and offensively, he's a warrior. So, and not just for the team name, he is he's a winner as well. So. Like they have the talent, you just got to keep it building all the way through. So I would expect Golden State to finish in that top six uh, in the West. As the rankings break down, I had Minnesota playing Sacramento potentially in the first round. Minnesota's the number one seed in the West. Yes, the standings are closed. Are they a guarantee to walk past the first round? I I don't even like them. Like if they were playing the Kings, I would be going with the Kings. I I think that the Kings play really fast-paced basketball. I know uh, everybody loves Anthony Edwards and yes, Pat, but I do. I, I don't know. Anthony I'm just Edwards. not on board. The only thing I've heard, and I don't see a lot of Timberwolves games, I, I've heard their defense is much more solid than it's been in it is. years past. And, yes, it is. And if that's the case, like maybe they can, you know, make make an impact because that's obviously what matters in that postseason. What the big thing I liked is I watched the Celtics play play Minnesota early in the year. Anthony Edwards, for me, is the closest like uh, potential to reach Michael Jordan 
his athleticism, the way he moves the ball, the way he, he plays the game, I'm like, this guy could be absolutely incredible. But then in the fourth quarter against the Celts, I think he totally melted down. But he's got a team around him of tall, athletic players who play defense hard. And if you've got one guy who can score like that, Pistol, you got a shot to beat any team if he can get ultra hot. That's why I do like Minnesota, but if they match up in the same breath, if they match up first round against Golden State, I'm like, dude, I'm taking Golden State all day long. What about OKC? They're the number two seed in the West right now. If Oklahoma City matched up against, say, Sacramento or Golden State, who would you take there? So OKC, I love that. They wow. they look really good to me. They, I think they're like, they have so many young guys who are good, so they're not so reliant on one guy, although, you know, SGA is really, really important. Yes. I think they have uh, Jalen Williams, who's who's been playing awesome this year, and, you know, Chet has been pretty good. They have they have a lot of options, and I like the fact that you got options in the playoff series where you don't have to be completely dependent on one guy. Uh, but SGA will need to play well. I, I For me, they're the young team that I think you got to watch out for. I think they're the team that's going to be hungry. I think they have guys who play defense. And they just, they're like a really fun team to watch. They are fun, but I think they're skinny. And I think their big guys are going to get pushed around when it comes to physical basketball. So you love OKC. I'm out on OKC come playoff time. So let's pick that up here as we wrap things up with the fourth segment coming up. We'll continue to break down the West and then jump into our picks. The Sports Machine with Slim, NBA Playoff Preview, way early preview on WKXL Radio. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. NewHampshireTalkRadio.com is the place to be. Chet Holmgren, pistol, seven feet, one inches tall, 208 pounds. <laughs> seven feet tall, 208 pounds. Josh Giddy, six feet eight, 216 pounds. He's 21 years old. I'm giving you two like 21-year-old kids that are playing. You mentioned Jalen Williams, 6'5", 211 pounds. So he's got a little bit of height, but... 6'5", 211. Dude, if you're going up against Hal, Al Horford, you're not scoring. Now, I know Al Horford's in the East, but Pistol, you, 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 still, you still like OKC come playoff brand type of basketball, huh? Yeah, I mean, you, you got a good point about, like, can they match up physically against teams? And I was hoping you'd get over that 200 no- number when you were mentioning chess late. <laughs> Right. Weighing I was worried it was going to be 180. Yeah, smelt 199. He's 7 feet, 1, one inch tall. He weighs under 200. But, I mean, he's played great in the regular season, and thankfully he's avoided injury. So, I mean, I'm rooting for them. I like OKC's brand of basketball. I'm right with you, and, and SGA is, is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, SGA's been one of the best players in the league, certainly up in the MVP discussion. He's, he's been playing awesome. I mean, that, that team blew out the Clippers last night. So they can look good. They've also been blown out by some of the top teams in the West, too. So I, I think you just don't know what to expect, right? Are they going to come in like Sacramento did last year and take it right to the Warriors? Right. Or, you know, are they just overwhelmed, too young, and they need another year of seasoning? 
So uh, what I like is that they're competitive. They play hard. They run the court hard. Like They're a really fun team to watch. I don't even know their coach, but I like them. If OKC matched up in my notebook here, I see against Phoenix. OKC's number two. Phoenix is number seven. Who would you take in that series? Whew, that's such a tough one, right? That's old guard against young guard. I'd certainly be rooting on the Thunder. But, geez, I, I, I just... I'd have to go with Phoenix. Durant I, don't have to go Phoenix. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced Kevin Durant is a huge winner. I don't see Phoenix going out of the West. Like, there's no way they're coming out of the West, is there? No. No. no I, I think Phoenix is way, to me, they're way overrated. That's why, like, I, I guess if I'm picking, I keep bouncing back and forth between these two because, yeah, I, I'm nervous to pick the Thunder, but... I'm just going to go with the Thunder. Right? I mean, forget not for it. Nothing. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with Durant. I'm done with Booker. Like they're no good. I'm going with the Thunder. So what if Phoenix matches up against the Lakers in the, in a playoff game, play-in game, right? Because they easily could. Phoenix is number seven seed today, and we expect Golden State to keep on going. We haven't talked much about the Lakers. I don't understand why LeBron played in the All Star game is trying to throw down these crazy dunks. He missed the last game due to injury before the break, and now he missed the game last night, the first game coming out of the break. He played in the All Star game and was trying to do like windmill stupid dunks. Like, dude, I don't know. Did that make any sense? You kind to want to make the playoffs, don't you? But what if the Lakers played Phoenix in a play-in game? Who's got, like? I'm taking the Lakers. Me too. The Lakers are built for playoff basketball. They play real physical. They have you know a, bu- a bunch of big guys. Uh, they're strong, and I I would take the Lakers. But it would be great to see one last you know almost like a game seven type of game mm-hmm. between LeBron and Durant. Like that, that would be just an awesome thing for fans to see. You got it. That's why the West is so awesome. I'm looking at this Dallas and the Clippers, like Kawhi Leonard is playing incredible again. He's the best player in basketball when he's healthy until he's dislodged. I mean, for my money, Ka- Kawhi is still like the best player in basketball when he's healthy and they would play against Dallas. Like Dallas is definitely going out first round. I don't care who they play or what they do. I'll take against Dallas all day long. People like to hate on Dallas, but Luka is such a difference maker, man. Like, he is money in the playoffs, right? And just when you think you can stop them, he can just carry them, right? And the biggest thing is, can they get stopped, right? And here's my biggest concern to the Clippers. The Clippers have two guys on their roster who who are their second and third leading scorers, Paul George and James Harden, who have notoriously not shown up in the playoffs. They've had terrible playoff series. Mm-hmm. And I was watching a game the other night. I think it was highlights from a little while ago. And there, were, there was a very close game, and the Clippers kept giving the ball to James Harden for the, <laughs> in a close game with like four minutes left. And I'm like, why is Kawhi not touching the ball? Now, Harden hit two threes in that situation, so he came through. But I feel like he's not the guy who you want to be going to down the stretch on that team. It's all right in the regular season. This is what I'm saying. It, come playoff time, I really believe there's something special. Ty, Ty Lu has something going on in that locker room. I've seen videos and I've seen quotes. These guys are in it together. I think they all know come playoff time, listen, we're giving it to Kawhi. I, I, as long as they all are understanding, you need to defer to that man. He's your first option. If everybody can come together, they got a lot of talent on that team. They got a lot of size. The Clippers are, are going to be heard from. But let's let's finish up the other preview. I had Denver and New Orleans. We're not even talking about New Orleans. I don't even know if Zion's playing out there. He's injured all the time, but I think he's playing. I do like their coach. I like a lot of things on New Orleans, but it seems like they're not going anywhere. Like These other teams are just too good, right? Denver, certainly. Denver's not going out first round. 
No way. I mean, in that series, that's an easy one, right? Denver has that one locked up. <laughs> they don't even need to play it if they need to. They right. can just put them in the next round. The Pelicans, I think, one of the things with Zion is he's, he's just kind of a lazy player. And I think you don't want your best player to be your laziest player. And I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Pelicans fan at all. At first, when Zion first came in and they got the trade for Brandon Ingram, I thought that that team was going to be able to come together and be really good. But they they just always seem to fail. So look at this. Let's talk about the West first, and then we'll go to the East as we start to make some like legitimate picks, Pistol. In the West, I got the teams that can come out. Golden State, Clippers, Denver, and crazy, I'm going to say Minnesota can come out too. I actually I, I like their ball, and I love Anthony Edwards. What teams do you see potentially being able to come out of the West? So out of the West, uh, I'm going to go certainly with Denver and the Clippers. I think those are the two top two. I'm going to switch out your Timberwolves for the Thunder, so I'm going with a, a different young team. And then you had Golden State. Yeah. I am going to throw – I'm going to go with the team that you love to hate. I'm going to pick the Mavericks. Oh, God. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. I'm doing it. I'm all in on Luka. Pistol, the holster just got a little bit smaller. I'm going to tell you what. So between the two of us, then, we're saying the Clippers and the, De- and the Denver Nuggets are the most likely to get back to the finals. Yeah, yeah, between the two of us, we both like those teams. I mean, it's hard not. you got to pick the Nuggets, right? No one, no one reasonable would not pick them. They but I'm lose. surprised that neither of us brought up the Lakers, right? They were in the conference finals last year. They won the in-season tournament. But, I mean, what can you do? This is why I said the West is, is crazy. So let's look at the East. I mean, who's coming out of the East? I, I, the Celtics... And the 76ers, for my money, are the only two that can do it. And as I say it, I hear Jimmy Butler going, you idiot. I've burned you guys how many times? <laughs> Too bad, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Who do you think can come out of the East Pistol? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm definitely throwing the, uh, I'm throwing the heat in there, just uh, assuming that they can flip the switch. Uh, I'm throwing... Uh, I, I'm throwing the 76ers in, but they're so, they're so hard to pick right now because you don't know if Embiid's going to be back. You don't know how healthy he's going to be and how he'll be playing come playoff time, but you got to throw the 76ers in there. Um, uh, of the other, the interesting thing is if you're, we're picking four, obviously throwing the Celtics, so there's three teams, right? Let's say we're all in agreement on the Heat, 76ers, and Celtics. Okay. The question is, are you going to throw in the Pacers, the Knicks, or the Bucks as your last team? It seems silly not to take the Bucks, but I, I, I don't think any of them have a chance. I just don't think that the Bucks can beat the Celtics if we play them. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's hard to imagine the Bucks looking good. I I think the Knicks would give the Celtics a good series. It'd be hard for to imagine them winning the series, but I, I think it would. I think they'd be a tough team to knock out. If they get lucky so, and they win one of the first two, I'll tell you right on with the Knicks is like, don't let them believe that. Don't let them get confidence because they're not going to stop coming at you. That's the one thing I know is that physically the Knicks are going to continue to contest, and the Celtics have proven that they're not necessarily the most like physical team at, at times. What about the Pacers? We saw the Pacers beat the Celtics in the in-season tournament. Does yeah. that mean anything? Can no. the Pacers outscore the Celtics? Yeah, I mean, potentially anybody could beat anybody. I, I, I do believe that. I don't think the Celtics are, like, unbeatable. My brother Dave thinks that they're definitely going to win it all. <laughs> they have the most talent. But I, I, I could see Indy beating us. I, I just think if the Celtics had an injury and stubbed toe, it's possible in a fantasy land. But I'm taking the Celtics to come out of the East, Pistol. I, 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 the 76ers are right behind them. 
if Embiid comes back and things fall perfectly into line, but I'm taking the Celtics to come out of the East. Who are you taking to come out of the East? Yeah, you got to pick the Celtics. I, I don't you think do? I could pick anybody else, and and you know I, I'd have to pick them as as the top choice. I think it's interesting to think who would the conference finals you know be right, and who would be in that conference finals with them. It'd be interesting to see like Celtics 76ers conference finals. I think that'd be awesome. Nick Nurse. You know, coaching against the Celtics would be fun to watch. And even the Bucks getting back there, because Damian Lillard, if they made it to the conference finals, he would have a ton of confidence, because that means they've won two things, you know, two series leading up to the matchup against the Celtics. So if they got a ton of confidence and you got Giannis there, like, eh, I'm afraid. So we got the Celtics. What about in the West? Let's wrap things up. Who's coming out? I'm, I'm saying Golden State's going back to the finals, Pistol. I'm saying Celtics-Golden State rematch. Wow, I, I think uh, I've got to go with Denver on that side, just sticking with the champ. All right, so you're taking last year's rematch then. You think Celtics against Denver. I got Celtics against Golden State. Who's your pick to win it all? Uh, I think Denver repeat. There we have it, people. You know who I think. The Boston Celtics are going to be your NBA champions this year. Thank you very much, Pistol. Great job, as always. I'm going to buy you a new holster for Christmas. This is The Sports Machine with Slim. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester, New Hampshire. Find us at nhtalkradio.com.